back again. Spring is here, here in the UK, anywhere. Now it's sunny outside. Today, we are talking about the comparison trap and whether or not we're all falling into it. Alongside me, as always, my good friend and yours, Jim Yildiz. Hello, hello, hello. How's it going? Yeah, good, good, good. Um, so yes, today the episode is entitled Are You Falling Into the Comparison Trap? Uh, we'll be talking about uh, whether or not we're wired to compare people all the time. Um and how that can positively or negatively affect uh, the way our minds work. Um, and, you know, categorizing people and why we do that sort of thing. Uh, but we will open, as always, with a quote from Mr. Jem Yildiz. Well, well I'd not maybe um, introduce you first as well and let you know that um, it's also Wayne Ingram on the podcast. I know, I always do that. Just forget yourself. Just such a nice guy. Always I know, about so this. altruistic oh, and my. just like selfless. And it's but not anyway, about me. Moving on. <laughs> so the uh, beginning quote of this episode is by Lao Tzu, who is the writer of the Tao Te Ching, which is a great book. You should check it out. And he says, when you are content to be simply yourself and don't compare or compete, everybody respect you. And yeah. we all want to be respected. We all want to be respected. Respected. Respect no, my forehead. Just... <laughs> Respect man. I have spoken. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so... We'll jump right into things. Um, so, <clears throat> by the comparison trap, obviously, we're talking about you know, looking at yourself in comparison to others and um, looking at their achievements or their holidays that they're going on or the money they have or the car that they've got or whatever. Um, and I suppose the best starting point is why, why do we do that, really, more than anything else? And, and what, what is the key? factor behind that i think well, i've did a little bit of research and a lot of the sort of psychologists sort of say that we we do it in a way sort of in a way to protect ourselves but also in a way to sort of better ourselves so for example when we were maybe like tribes back in the old days if if your tribe came along to my tribe and you saw me hitting stones against rocks and suddenly i was making sparks or i was um i was i was creating a spear or a sort of to, to kill animals in a better way than you, you seeing that and comparing what you currently do to what I do suddenly brings you up to, to the same level. And so really it was a way of sort of maybe the, what we do, it sort of to enhance ourselves. But I think what we want to talk about today is how maybe we're really drifting away from this sort of the learning side of it. And actually it's actually becoming something that can be quite destructive. Yeah. And um, I mean, I definitely have, um, experience of the comparison trap and I've really had to train myself not to do it <clears throat> and it's particularly hard in, in my career not to do it as well particularly when you see uh, the likes of Scarlett Johansson who is only six years older than me if that and she's already in blockbuster films and you know she's working in every type of film and non-stop working at the moment and I'm like you started in the blockbuster films probably when you were about my age and I'm not even close. Um, and so it's even on that level, it's difficult, but even on, on the level of where I'm at uh, in my career and there are people about my age that are doing a lot better than me and people that I know. And I'm kind of like, why I'm working my ass off. <laughs> like, Yeah. But do you think it's like, 
Is it? Is it, I mean, you said there that you're trying to train yourself to not compare, but isn't there? There are some benefits to actually yeah. comparing yourself to people. I mean, if you've got nobody to compare yourself to, then you've got no sort of uh, sort of boundary to know where you're already yeah. at. And so, I know a lot of people say, "Yeah, you should sort of stop comparing." It's a bad thing, but sometimes mm-hmm. you actually need to compare. Yeah, I mean, so long as it's in a constructive way and not just in a "I'm so rubbish" kind of way. If it's in a kind more like a um, you know, what am I doing? What can I do to get myself closer to that stage as opposed to I'm doing everything I can. Why aren't I there kind of way? I think that's the difference. It's the mindset that you you approach the comparison with. But I think you can still, even if you are doing it in a constructive way, you can still compare too much. And I think you have to kind of be aware of how much you're you're comparing yourself to other people because at the end of the day their journey is always going to be different to yours they have a different history they have been brought up differently um you know they probably went to a different school to you they you know their family may have had more money to help propel them and put into their education so there's so many variables that you can't just take it as face value of your career is identical to mine your skill set is identical to mine so therefore, if I work as hard as you do on the same sorts of things that you do, I should therefore be where you are. It doesn't work like that. And I think that's what you have to be really, really, <clears throat> really mindful of. I think, um, it's like, like you said there, a lot of the people as well, when we kind of compare ourselves to other people, it's like that journey you talk about, their journey's ahead of yours. And so to say, oh, I'm going to compare yourself to Scarlett Johansson, as you say, like her journey has gone on from a long, long period of time. But maybe you're saying I'm the same sort of age, mm-hmm. but still the way that um, like it's really hard for you to say, well, I'm going to I expect to be at that level now where you don't yeah. you're, you're it's a lot of assumptions is basically what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah, absolutely. And we kind of try to sort of look for that. Um, like we say, it's the overnight success thing that we spoke about last time. It's kind of we only see what we're kind of really lacking ourselves. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? There, I don't know if I explained that properly, but well, I, I mean, I'm clearly lacking Scarlett Johansson's good looks as well. I know that would probably be a benefit, <laughs> a helping hand, actually. <laughs> Although that's not to discredit Scarlett Johansson's acting ability. I think she's very talented, but I think it certainly helps. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so um, do you think then? that where am i going with this um <laughs> but i think a lot of, a lot of the time though i think it's people compare themselves and as you say the journey's totally different and it's good to compare yourself but as well another thing is people are always kind of looking for that system so we compare ourselves and then we see oh that person's success and then we want like the we want the manual like how can i get there <laughs> but actually sometimes you look so much at the manual of how they got there that you it's, it just seems too big to even approach yeah and so yeah, it's good to look at people to a level so that you're actually um, like you get an understanding of how they got there. But you can't take that sort of li- you can't just copy and paste that to your own life. Yeah, because sometimes, as you say, that might be out of your reach. You might not. She might have Scarlett Johansson. She's in you know in in the states. Yeah, yeah, she's in the states. So that's again, that's a difference. You can't just. You mean you could follow that, but just because she did it doesn't mean it's going to apply to you as well. Mm-hmm. And so. If you're always trying to just look for a system, another system, you've got to kind of accept that you have to form your own system. Otherwise, it could be too daunting to follow somebody else's role. And that will just sort of cause sort of a creative paralysis in a way. Yeah, true. And um, what do you mean by creative paralysis? I mean, like just overthinking it. Like if I, I mean, you look at all these sort of startup businesses and stuff like that. And you kind of think, well, okay, you kind of look back at how they got there. But then usually, I mean, most of the time, the information that's available is usually just 
when they've made it and they kind of summarize i mean people aren't going to talk talk about the parts where you maybe can't get out of bed in the morning you're crying you're hating life and you don't really hear enough about that sort of side and so people always think like oh it's such a smooth ride to the top and they had it really easy and how comes i'm going through all the all this depressing stuff why am i feeling so bad why aren't i seeing any money and so i think you get that sort of paralysis when it's it's overwhelming and i think a lot of people kind of want that want that sort of easy part not easy path but they just want to know that the guarantees like if i do these things in the same way they did it then I should have what they've got now. Yeah, and it doesn't work And it like just that. never, ever works like that. And I think as well, even if you do get given that system of do this and then this thing will happen and then this thing will happen and then you hit success, the, the actual starting point seems so far away from the actual end goal. And I think that's what people see. So they say, okay, uh, Richard Branson started here and then he got all the way to there and this is how he did it. And that's so daunting because it's a huge journey. That's his lifelong journey. Yeah. And as a young person, you might look at that and think, well, how that is so daunting to kind of even start. Like, is it even worth me starting? I've got to wait 10, 15 years before I might get to where he is and that might not even happen. And mm-hmm. so I think that's, that's, that's what I mean by creative paralysis. I think it's like, it's so overwhelming sometimes to compare yourself to people. And a lot of the time people are comparing themselves to people who are celebrities who might yeah. have had luck along the way who are the rich millionaires and what are we why are we comparing it to these people and is it like is that something to is that a good thing that we're all comparing is that what success is and yeah that's why we should be going down that sort of route yeah and i i think you're right i think a part of the danger that's really making this a big issue these days is the celebrity culture that we now live in where you know there are people that actually really haven't done much that are considered super successful. Mm. Like, actually, I mean, okay, let's not argue the fact that you are successful, but you haven't really achieved all that much. And yet somebody somewhere is going to compare themselves to those people and be like, well, you haven't, you haven't done all that much, so why aren't I where you are? Like, and all that sort of thing. But quite often it'll be to do with network and things like that as well. And I, I think the celebrity culture really is a huge factor in this uh, comparing mindset that we've constantly got these days. Um, Particularly when you look at people that are really young who are, I mean, look at One Direction, for example. These guys are an international phenomenon. I don't know. (laughs) There we go. Um, Don't know. I've seen the posters in your room. (laughs) The truth's out. (laughs) It's true. No, it's not. Um, but these guys are younger than me or you, and they're earning millions. They'll probably earn millions for many years to come. They're old enough to re- they're rich enough, sorry, to retire if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. They could retire right now and be fine. And I think that that's a huge, huge problem. And if you look at people of our generation, particularly uh, people that are going into the likes of acting. Um, people want this instant level of success. They, and I mean, if you look at some of the actors that have become overnight successes, um, if you look at them, most of them probably haven't hit a success sort of push, a break, as you were, if you, if, um, until they're in their thirties, late thirties. But <laughs> because they quite often look after themselves, they look a lot younger, and people expect this instant kind of push to a level of success within 10 years of having left whatever training or whatever field that they're, they're in, 
And I think if you said to people, again, particularly in the creative industries, are you willing to wait 15, 20 years before you have some degree of success? Most of them will probably go, no, and jack it in. Um, But because we've got this comparison where it is possible, people assume that they can do it. Um, And I think it's it's quite a dangerous mindset to have. Um, It's a marathon, not a sprint, I always like to say. I think one thing we have to take into consideration is obviously we say like, okay, One Direction or these millionaires that um, we sort of look at those people and say, okay, they are successful. But like my success is different to your success. But we're all kind of, we're all sort of engulfed in this media that says that that person's successful. But then the lifestyle or the accolades that person's got is sometimes, I mean, these people, you might say One Direction, okay, they can they can quit their jobs now. They can that's it they're sorted for life but i mean what do you do when you've what do you do when you've got to that point how do yeah. you continue feeling successful yeah is it just collecting more money is it getting more fame more people know you mm. more twitter followers like more people listening to you like you look at these people and i mean even to them if you probably ask them do you feel do you feel you're a success it goes way it goes way beyond that feeling of success it goes way beyond the actual sort of what the media portrays to us so like they might have the lavish houses, they might have these sort of lifestyles, but you don't see the bits where they're on the road and they might be depressed having to travel away, be away from family. It's like, I think that's that's the problem. I think a lot of young people are only given this one side of the story. Yeah. And we see that side of the story and nobody can live that lifestyle 24-7. Like no. nobody could be around screaming people constantly because that's only one aspect of sort of the whole bigger success puzzle. And it seems that we've kind of, this whole money and sort of I mean I think we're going to talk about a little bit later is just sort of about these sort of um, intrinsic successes and these extrinsic successes mm-hmm. and it's how like we've really fallen away from what success like our own our own sort of understanding of success we kind of look at what what sort of people or society or the media are telling us this is successful if you don't yeah. have this this you're, you're not successful whereas I could, I've I've interviewed so many volunteers and people. I mean, I've worked in the charity sector, and sometimes I look at those people and I say, "Wow, you're so successful in the in the in the amount of helping you do for other people. Like you're a success in that you give yourself to others." And I sometimes think that's so powerful compared to somebody who says, "Well, my bank balance is huge and healthy, and I don't have to bat an eyelid when I want to buy a car, or whatever." So it's like, again, if that's up to you, like I'm not saying that's wrong. If money for you is your success counter. But I just think some people should have a look. There's, it's a bigger spectrum. I think too many times, like a lot of young people get stuck on this spectrum that is put towards them, which is pushed through the media. And I think it just co- it's, it can be really destructive because it can be really daunting for when you're when you're starting anything. Yeah, yeah. And and why do you think that we kind of label people as? It, it's very often successful or not successful success or failure and why why do you think that we have a habit of doing that and what is that what does that serve for us it's a tough one really because obviously you can't you have to know i mean we love to put people into boxes i mean when you sign up for anything the government when they do their sort of papers and forms and whatever else you've got to put yourself in some sort of category they have to be able to file you under a certain person and i think it's come to that with success like you say there like you're either successful or you're not there's no gray areas but the problem is i'd say most people probably live their lives feeling like they're constantly in the gray area mm-hmm. and even even if you start swaying towards i'm a success 
suddenly the boundary gets the boundary gets bigger because what you thought was success before now becomes standard of living like yeah. you might you might get an acting role before long you'd be like Gem, i can't even make it on the podcast like my success is big i can't do this now yeah. i'm i'm a full-time actor but then you might come back to me and you could do have a 10 15 year stint in acting and blockbusters then you might say well actually it's still i still love it but the boundary of success now i want to have my own company that i want to have i want to be a big co- conglomerate who who uh, manages i want to be an agent for actors i want to be the known as the guy who is the world leader in helping actors or something like that yeah so again you're back in the gray area because you're not a success even though before your success was just becoming an actor and being yeah. paid for your passion and so i think that's the thing i think a lot of like sort of um, like loud Tzu and all that stuff it's like you're always going to be in the gray and the gray is the area that's really where you're challenged and you have to be challenged. That's what makes you human because you're never going to get to where you're going to, like I always say this all the time. Like I think if you, if you're ever fully satisfied, then if anything, you're kind of ready to die because Mm -hmm. only at death are you going to be like, okay, I'm fully satisfied. You're done because there's no, I mean, you're dead, so you can't have any more, but if you're, (laughs) as long as you're alive, you're always going to live in the gray and you're always going to think we, we humans always going to see further. We always, have that sort of natural um, ability to keep looking beyond, like keep wanting more. And it's just, I don't know whether that's what keeps us alive and that keeps us. I mean, if you didn't want more, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go and take, have your dinner in the evening. You wouldn't have your lunch, but it's because you want to be alive to strive for the next thing. And mm-hmm. I know that's gone a bit deep, but I just think that that's it. I don't think, I think people have to drop away from this sort of um, you're successful or you're not. It's mm-hmm. your, you just got to be comfortable in the middle yeah, and you just got to enjoy that middle bit. And people always say, like, you always hear people say, "Oh, enjoy the journey, enjoy the journey." Because even when you're making films, like I've made films and stuff, it's really fun. The bit in between where you're writing the script and you're out doing the film. Once it's done and dusted, and you hand it out there, it's like that's it. It's done. That piece of art is created. And actually, really enjoyed that journey when you're with the people around you who are making this thing together. Yeah, and so i think that's what we need to start focusing on the journey and and it's okay to be painful because you're going to have the highs in the painful parts and then you're gonna have the lows as well but there's like a balance like yeah. yeah i think you hit on a really good point there i think the journey is super important and i think it is the most satisfying bit really because if you just got the results it's like if you put a cheat code into a game like on the sims and you got all the money you could want you can build the house you want to make and actually when I used to play The Sims, I used to get very bored very quickly because I used to be like, well, now what? I've, got the, I've built the house I want. I've got all the furniture in there I want. The only thing I've got left then is to do the career stuff to earn more money to pay the bills. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And um, where, So then ever since I played The Sims back in the day, I just didn't use the cheat code and I just enjoyed the actual game for what it was. And it was so much more enjoyable and I spent so much more time on it. And it's that same thing. Like if you if you instantly get that gratification of okay, I'm where I wanted to be. Well, then what? You may as well retire, and you may as well just do nothing with. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Um, And I I think that's what's missing for a lot of people. And again, I I do kind of blame the celebrity culture a little bit. Um, I mean, I think it was Graham Norton did an interview with Mark Ruffalo before he did the Avengers. Um, He played. Incredible Hulk in that film and uh, Graham Norton said something along the lines to him of so how does it feel to be like an overnight success he said well yeah of 10 years and it's like 
I think we might have discussed it on the podcast before, actually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and it's like, well, yeah, he's he did something like 400-odd auditions without getting a single role um, and was ready to give up until his mom said, if you give up, I'll never speak to you again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and carried on. And now look where he is. And I think he appreciates the journey so much more because he'll have developed as a person. And that's the important thing as well. His character will have developed uh, beyond someone who just has overnight success. Um, that's what I think. That's what I believe sort of drives the artist or the creative person is. The, I think an artist understands that um, the the work is never done. It's never done. It's not. It's like you said last time, like about your acting. If someone said to you, oh, what, "What if it doesn't like? When are you going to give up on it? When are you going to stop? Like, how? When's the limit?" And you're like, "Well, it's not. It's just the process. It's just me. I'm doing what I want to do." And I think that's that's the mindset. It's because obviously this sort of educational system has sort of trained people out of this do this get this result whereas the artist has sort of learned to be comfortable in that in the part of the journey whereas this is what i do and i know i'm gonna have days where it feels like crap and some days where i feel elated but i'm not gonna stop i'm sure (laughs) you look at these artists i mean i look at some of the old artists on youtube the videos and they're so old like 80 90 but they're Mm -hmm. still painting like what you'd say you'd say you're in your 90s why are you why are you still painting you've got all these accolades you've had your work everywhere people are paying millions for your art why do you carry on? And it's not because it's because they're constantly in the grey. Yeah, it's and like, it's it's like what you were saying about uh, success when I mentioned One Direction and the fact that they could retire. Like I have no intention of retiring as an actor. I will act until I physically cannot act anymore. Um, and I look at the likes of Sir Christopher Lee, who is like my idol, um, and he's in his nineties. He's got the BAFTA Fellowship. He's got the world record for most amount of films. He can barely walk now. Um, and he's still acting. He's still acting, even to the point that he puts out like this video every Christmas uh, saying like thank you to his fans and telling them what he's working on and what's going to be coming out next year. And it's got to the point where now he's even saying, you know, if I'm here next year, this time next year, then this will have happened, this will have happened, this will happen. So he's accepted the fact that he's not got long left, and yet he is still like filming things. He's been, he's been in The Hobbit recently, um, and he's still doing it. Because it's what he loves, it's what he enjoys, it's what his life has been about. Um, and I, I'm exactly the same. I have no intention of retiring, so retirement isn't a success option for me. If I, if I retire and don't do acting anymore, to me, I have failed. That, that's, that's my measure of success. If I am acting till I die, then that is a fulfilled life for me. Mm. Um, and I think... It, you have to, again, measure what your success is because the person that you're comparing yourself against may not see what you see successful as successful. And that's, that's a huge factor in how they've got to where they are because they're aiming for something different as well. And that's another variable that really does affect the journey. Definitely. I think that's, I think that's the real key, really, in this, um, this podcast is your success is not the same as somebody else's success. So to level yourself up against that person is just unrealistic in a way. Obviously, we're a, we're a podcast talk about digital. We like to talk about online. Do you think um, do you think that actual online is making it like? Is it making it easier to compare yourself against other people? Is it is it is it blowing up, or is it actually allowing you to be free with? Is it to be open with what your personal success is and how your own personal journey? What would you say? It's interesting. Because, I mean, obviously, in the last episode, we talked a lot about social media and how that's affecting things. 
Um, but in terms of comparison, I don't know. I suppose it depends on how you use it, because many people use it as a bragging tool, whether that's meant in a negative or positive way. Um, some people are just trying to market what they do and, and it market their work and things like that. Um, and yeah, I think, I mean, I look at sometimes the actors that I've worked with or the actors that I know and I'm friends with on Facebook and whatever, and I see that they're doing work and they're working on this project. I've done this many projects this year and quite often I'm going, they're doing better than me. They're mm-hmm. definitely doing better than me. Um, I think people do that with anything, though, even like yeah. the personal connections, like you said earlier, with the holidays, with the, I mean, people going to the gym and they've got the gym <laughs> shots, you think, bloody hell, last year he was a fatty and now look at his abs. There. Yeah. So you're always constantly preparing. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think you're right. I think it, it is making it easier to compare because it's in your face, really. Particularly with Facebook, the whole thing of facebook is you're seeing what other people are doing that is what what the what purpose of it is really you are just constantly kept up to date with what people are doing but again as we said in the previous episode it's a highlight reel for people they're only going to show you what they want to show you if they want to show you that they're having a bad time they'll show you they're having a bad time but equally if they want to show you how amazingly well they're doing with their life they're going to do that. And actually, they're more likely to do that than they are share the negative because you get that dopamine rush. If you if you say to all of your friends, all of your family online, all the people that you know, I've just, I've just got my dream job. You are going to get so many likes. And the more likes you get, the more people are going to see the fact that you've got your dream job. The dopamine rush is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then equally, the people that have just gone for their dream job and not got it are going to see that and go you know wasting my time or you know it's not working for me or whatever and then that's going to bring them down um so i think yeah because of the highlight reel factor of it i mean even to the point that at the end of every year the social networks facebook and twitter have done it this year as well they'll you can make a video and they just collect all of your stats, all of your posts and everything. And you make a, essentially a Facebook highlight reel of 2013, which shows you all of your best moments, all of the posts that everybody, look, most the people most liked ones, and, yeah. and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and it really is a measure of sort of how successful your year has been, even if it is just in terms of social media. Um, and I think that that can be dangerous. Well, one thing I've sort of really noticed, it was like it was funny because I was with a friend the other day and we was in the car and the um the radio was playing and um we were just chatting away and then um something they said something on the radio because he's having a, he's having a kid and so the radio said something about um bringing up children and um we we, we were having this conversation he was like oh yeah that's really true isn't it or he sort of related to the bit about having children I was like I didn't even hear that but because he was having a, ch- a child he was hyper aware to these to these points on the on the radio and so i was like actually that really applies to the way we compare ourselves to people like you say with facebook if you're somebody who's sitting at home and you're feeling like i'm a lazy i'm a lazy whatever i'm fat so every single post that someone posts where they're on the beach looking good you're gonna be hyper aware to that and i think again it goes you kind of have to be really mindful because you're naturally going to look for your flaws in successful people yeah and so 
the other post might just pass you by. If you've already got a job that you enjoy, the person who talks about the dream job doesn't phase you. If you're someone who's unemployed and suddenly three or four people are talking about just got a job, blah, 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 that's going to hit you much harder. And that's where you need to kind of be aware that that's me. That's my, that's, you have to be really mindful that these are my insecurities. And so I'm going to be hyper aware to these sort of things. And I think that's where you need to say, okay, that's only phasing me because I'm feeling insecure in this way. If I'm not earning money or I'm out of work or my business is failing, you are much likely to be offended by people who are talking about the successful points. And so, yeah, there's benefits to comparing yourself to people, but you still need to be mindful enough that you're not letting the points that you're feeling quite inferior about destroy your motivation or, or really yeah. take you out. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I totally have personal um, experience of, of that frame of mind. Um, I mean, we've talked in some of our personal conversations about about things that I've gone through where I've kind of felt awful because I'm, I'm, I am, I've been comparing myself even when I've been saying I shouldn't be comparing myself. I know I shouldn't be comparing myself, but it's, it's like when you go, I'm not racist, but it's like <laughs> I'm just going, I'm not comparing myself, but this has happened. This has happened. Yeah. This has happened. This has happened for them. And I'm sitting here thinking, what am I doing wrong? And it really is a very, very negative mind frame to be like, I, I got to a state where I just, didn't like who I was anymore because I just got so involved with what everybody else was doing. I wasn't focusing on myself. And then as soon as I started looking at myself and, and since then I've got huge interpersonal development and all of that sort of stuff. And as soon as I started looking inwardly, and I think that's the real key is looking at yourself before you look at everybody else and you go, okay, where are my flaws? What are my insecurities? Uh, what do I need to do to improve to get to where I want to be? Look at yourself first. Then as soon as you've looked at yourself, you can look at everybody else. Mm -hmm. Because then you're, you've got that perspective where you can go, okay, they don't have that flaw or they have had that flaw. Even better, they have had that flaw and they've overcome it. So how did they overcome it? And then that becomes constructive comparison as opposed to destructive comparison. And... um I'm actually going to quote Star Wars here. Bring it up. I've, well, I'm uh, surprised we haven't had any Star Wars quotes, to be honest. <laughs> well, being, me being a huge Star Wars fan, but uh, in the final film where, I mean, it's not really a spoiler, the film's been out for 40 odd years. <laughs> <laughs> well, not 40 years, 30 years. Um, where Luke says to Obi-Wan Kenobi, why didn't you tell me that Darth Vader was my father? And he said, well, I did. In a way, I told you that he betrayed and murdered your father. Darth Vader did. And he says, at the end of the day, the, the truths that we cling to depend entirely on our own point of view. And, I th and that, I think, is such a valid point for something like this. If your point of view is everybody else is better than me, then the, the truths that you see around you of why everybody's doing better is because you're not good enough. That's that. Your perspective is, I'm not good enough, everybody's better. So the truth to you is, well, everybody else is better than me. Whereas if you say, okay, I've got everything that I need or I have the abilities to achieve what I need to achieve and that's the truth that you cling to, then suddenly comparing yourself to everybody else is going to be much more about, okay, what do they have that I don't, that I can, I can get? And what do they have that I don't, that is not possible for me to achieve? 
and then move on to the next person, the next person, and suddenly it becomes a much more healthy way of looking at things. And I think that's, I think the most underlying thing is really think inwardly before you think outwardly. Sort of appreciate what you've got yeah. rather than really trying to focus on what you're lacking in a way. Yeah, but I think it's it's also healthy to be aware of what you're lacking because once, you, once you're aware of what you're lacking, uh, whilst at the same time being aware of what you have got, you can suddenly achieve more. I think if you use the tools that you have to achieve things that you want or acquire the tools that you want, it's a much more healthy way of going, okay, well, I haven't got that tool, therefore I can't achieve anything. The next step should be, I haven't got that tool, so how can I gain it? And if you take those little steps, your development's going to be much better. It's going to be much more positive, much happier. And I mean, and that's, that's kind of what's happened for me. Like last summer, I, was, I felt awful. I was in an awful place. And since I've then gone, okay, well, how can I improve my attitude? How can I improve? My relationships with people how can i improve my work things have happened for me okay yes not as quickly as i'd like but i'm in a much better place mentally and professionally than i was six months ago and i think i think that's that's the key i think is looking inward before you look outward i think that's a nice place to sort of wrap things up but definitely i totally agree so um, are there any sort of, I mean, we've, we've touched a lot of points there. Is there any way you sort of summarise maybe action steps that people can um, sort of take? Yeah, um, I think the first thing to do would be to accept that you are going to be, you, you can't not compare to other people because as, as we said at the beginning, with the fact that naturally we're, we're built to compare because that was the brain's way of learning new things and that sort of thing. Um, but to be aware that when you are comparing, it can be destructive if you compare in the wrong way. Um, and then to also appreciate what you've got and focus on that rather than what you're lacking. Um, even if you are kind of saying, okay, well, I'm lacking something, but what have I got that I can use to achieve that? I think is, as I was just saying, the much more positive way of doing it. Um, something that we didn't really touch on all that much um, but again, kind of links into what I was saying at the end about um, relationships is if you if you give to other people um, and you help them achieve what they want to achieve, I think it's Zig Ziglar says, um, you can achieve anything you want in life if you allow others to achieve what they want mm-hmm. or something like that. I may have paraphrased There's, there's that. lots of quotes. Along <laughs> the, a lot of the great people say that, just you'll get what you want by giving. Yeah. And and it's very true. I mean, you said to me when I had a heart to heart with you last summer, you know, be someone's hype man. Say to them, yeah, you're doing really, 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 really well. And I was like, yeah, but I feel really negative. Why am I going to, you know, help pick people up whether I'm feeling so rubbish? And you said, no, just trust me, just do it. And I did. And it's it's made the world of difference. <laughs> Absolutely has. Um, but then on the flip side, you do also have to praise yourself. Um, and, and boost your own self-esteem because it's a it's a cliche, but if you can't love yourself, who can? <laughs> is is the cliche phrase, but it, it's true. You accept your positives, and your negatives will become much less negative. They kind they kind of counterbalance. Um, I think it's like a lot of people say, just have that gratitude. I think um, there's loads of ways. There's loads of online sort of ways to become more gracious. I guess <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to become more gracious. It's just sort of just thinking about what you do have i know people say oh but i haven't got this and 
too much of the time you're focusing on the wrong things that you don't have and yeah. really go right down into that sort of microscopic detail the fact that you're breathing is something to be gra- grateful mm-hmm. for the fact that you're living in a sort of democratic society you can really list a load of positives that you have internally as well yeah definitely definitely um okay so let's start wrapping it up then uh Jim, as always you have a little quote for us at the end cool so the end quote is by carson cressley and um he says compare yourself to yourself and say how can i be better how can i be the real me yeah I didn't even know we had that quote as the end quote. Which but it's really kind of, it really it's, kind of links into yeah, what I said at the end. It goes back even, to yourself. Yeah, I hadn't even looked at that quote. And <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Carson Cressley. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Um, and you also have some recommended reading for us, uh, Jem. Yeah, there's a couple of books. I mean, the first one's uh, Mindsight, Transform Your Brain with the New Science of Kindness by Daniel Segal. And I know we're saying, obviously, science, you're thinking, oh, that's a bit too mechanical but actually you need to really understand why your brain thinks in these ways like why why you're going to naturally like we we're talking about at the beginning you naturally compare but to understand why you do it helps you to sort of work around it and not be as destructive so that's a great book to check out it's called mindsight and the other one is the Tao Te Ching which is a bit more of an abstract book and that was by Lao Tzu who was our, our first quote it's just sort of um, a bit of an abstract book that sort of lets you talk broaden your mind and take again you, you when you read that book you 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 see it from your own perspective and you'll find mm-hmm. the answers you're looking for in those sort of um right in the paragraphs and the uh points <laughs> but yeah it's a good book check it yeah. out it's really cheap on amazon fantastic and you can actually there are a load of other books i've got in the um in my sort of mindful section on my reading list on powerfulnonsense.com that you can check out and they are affiliate links, so if you do click them, we might get a little payment. We, we would get a little payment if you bought. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, is going to go straight back into the podcast to yeah. improve things. So Definitely. if you are thinking of buying one of those books, please do uh, purchase it through PowerfulNonsense.com um, or at least go to Amazon via PowerfulNonsense.com. It all helps to keep the website running. It keeps it keeps us being able to... Uh, keep producing good content for you or hopefully you think it's good content <laughs> <laughs> fantastic um so as always if there's anything that you do want us to discuss or if you've got any any additional points to what we've been discussing in this episode uh do send us an email you can email me at wayne at powerfulnonsense.com or they can email gem at gem at powerfulnonsense.com and that's spelled c-e-m Excellent. Um, and if you want to contact us on Twitter, you can do so uh, by contacting me at Wayne underscore Ingram. And Jem at C-K-Y-I-L-D-I-Z. Fantastic. And the new ebook. Yes, Have you got an update for us, Jem? Yes, I'm being really bad. I've already told Wayne to hold me accountable. But next week is going to be the week that it will definitely be launched. And I've got on my website at the moment. If you want to be one of the first people to uh, get the ebook, it's ten. It's called Status Go. 10 unlearnings for the digital economy. It's a lot to do with kind of what we've been talking about on the podcast, but all rolled into an ebook. Um, that'll be free to download for anybody who signs up to the newsletter. So um, make sure you're on there. So your deadline then, Jem, is the 21st of March. Is that what you're saying? Um, so yes. So are on the 14th today at yes. date of recording. As long as you hold me accountable. Okay, I'll, I'll send you a message every day going, is it ready? Is it ready? Cool. Do that. Um, <laughs> and as always as well, if you uh, like what you're hearing and are enjoying these conversations that we're having, uh, please do post a review on iTunes um, to help support the show. It really does uh, help us to carry on doing what we're doing um, and also adds new listeners to the audience as well, which 
frankly, is got to be a good thing to build this fabulous community that we are attempting to build at the moment and to continue to bring great value to you guys. Um, so, yes, please post review. Uh, make it good. Be nice. Well, we want to keep up the five stars, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, honest, honesty is the best policy. Although, if it's, my mum always said, if you haven't got anything nice to say, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Cool. Uh, but yeah, please post a review. It really will be a great help. Um, so that was that episode. We'll be recording another one uh, shortly. And um, catch you next time. See you later. See you later.